Come on, Transformation. What's up? Y'all doing good today? Can you give our online campus another welcome? Come on, thanks for joining us online. We got a whole family of people. Come on, give them a welcome. Give them better than that. Come on, thanks for hanging out online with us. We're, we're so glad to, to be in the house of God and to be coming around God's word today. There's a lot happening. On your seat, there was an egg. And so this is our creative Easter invite. Inside of it, there is a piece of candy for you, maybe, if you don't tell somebody that you're giving it to that it was in there, or uh, for the person that you're inviting to Easter, and there's a QR code, and they can scan that, and it'll take them to a website page that has a little Easter video and a little invite. And so why don't you egg somebody this, this Easter and bring them to church? I promise you, Jesus will be here, and anything can happen if you get somebody in this place. And so uh, you can also invite people online and uh, invite friends, share the links and things like that. So we're believing for a huge Easter this year, just really believing for life change. We had uh, three people give their life to Jesus last week. Come on, somebody. Three people saying yes to eternity. I, I, I know, listen, don't, that's not, three is not a small number when it comes to eternity, somebody. And so we're so thankful uh, that every week people say yes uh, to heaven and make a decision. Come on, I'm gonna give you this egg. You've been egged, man. You gotta give that to somebody for Easter. So we're gonna invite. And then today also uh, we have our plugged in class taking place right after second service or during at 1130. So during our second service, we have childcare available and um if you're new to our community and you want to find out a little bit about us, our vision, values, and then today is called Find Your Purpose. And so we actually dig into some of the leadership giftings and how God designed you. And there's a few tests. It's not hard tests or five-minute tests. Come on, how many of you like five-minute tests? They're, they're not, it's not, you know, you're not gonna be under pressure, uh, but it's cool to see how God designed you and then figure out how you can plug in to the house here and begin to serve. Uh, it's good to come hang out. How many of you know that like, it, you know, if you had the house like I had growing up, uh, if you were there for the first time, you were a guest, I mean, you know, mama uh, spoiled you, you were a guest, everything, you know, the first time you visited, but the next time you came, you was family. You had to get your own food, you had to find your own towel, you had to, clean, you know what I'm saying? You're like, your family, you had to mow the lawn, you know, maybe second time. I don't know, like if you've been coming for a while, you're, you're a guest, we love our guests, but man, it's, it's another thing to be family and to make this your home and to begin to serve and jump on a team and figure out how God designed you and, and there's a place for you here and I promise you, you won't get all God has for you in this place until you jump into one of those teams and begin to pour out and watch God pour in. It's, it's an amazing uh, step to take in the kingdom and so today you can find out all about that at Plugged In at 1130. It's in our cafe right behind this facility. There's a cafe facility out the back and it'll be in that cafe. You can go to Connection and somebody will help you with those details. We're gonna jump into the word today. In John chapter six, we're gonna look at a miracle that happened. We've been in a series. How many of you like the word? Yeah, amen. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, if not, I got a lot of work to do today. Um, we're gonna, we're, we've been in a series called Flip the Script, and we've been looking at lies that we believe sometimes. And uh, as, as if, you be, if you believe a lie to be truth, it doesn't matter if it's not true, it has the same power over your life. And, and so, so a lie believed actually impacts the, the script of your life. Um, a script is what we live by. If an actor or actress is given a script, they have to do exactly what the script says. They have to uh, move and walk and speak and live according to the script. And so there's a script being handed us daily by the enemy. Uh, there's a script being handed to us daily by culture. There's a script being handed to us that we can choose to pick up by God and God's word. And so whatever script you believe is how you're gonna walk out your life. And so your thoughts or the script runs your entire life. 
We've been looking at several lies. Silly lies, we believe sometimes, are, are like, I've said it every week, are, are like a, the lie that carrots help your eyesight. No, they don't. <laughs> and, and, and some of you are gonna thank me that you never have to eat carrots again. They don't help your eyes. That was actually a, a, a lie propagated during World War II. Uh, our, our pilots were so accurate because they had radar in the planes. Uh, our army or our military did not want the, the, the uh, enemy to know that we had radar. So they began to make up a lie that our pilots ate carrots and that's what helped them be so accurate. Bugs Bunny picked it up. The writer of Bugs Bunny picked it up and began to push that out to millions and millions began to believe that carrots help your eyesight. Kind of crazy, right? Some of y'all don't believe me. You think I'm lying right now. <laughs> uh, but the reality is it's a lie. There's, there's bigger lies that we believe that are harder and harsher on us. Uh, I'm not good enough. Um, uh, I'm ugly. Uh, I'm too uh, this. I'm too dumb. I'm, I'm, I'll never make it. You, you've had uh, people, teachers, parents, uh, uh, friends, that, that maybe said things that they shouldn't have said or they weren't maybe a friend at that moment and, and, and enemies that said things. There's things that we get into our mind and we begin to believe that we have to flip the script on. Last week, we looked at uh, flipping the script on uh, the thought or the lie that um, I missed my moment, that it's too late for me, that, that my window's gone. And we looked at the miracle uh, of the man that was at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years and Jesus got on the scene and flipped the script and uh, totally healed him and he didn't miss his moment. This week, I wanna really look at the lie that I don't have enough, that I don't have enough. And I think sometimes we believe this lie that I, I just don't have enough. I'm gonna look in the book of John. Uh, the miracles that Jesus did in John were really to show us who he was. John 21, John writes and says, all these miracles he did so that you would know and believe and have life in Jesus and that he's the son of God. That you would know today that Jesus is the son of God through the miracles that we're gonna look at. Uh, this miracle where Jesus feeds the 5,000 in John 6 is the only miracle recorded in all four gospels. So there's something a little different about it. It's something a little more special about this miracle for some reason. And really, I think it's the picture of Jesus giving himself to the multitudes. A lot of times we look at it as the bread and he multiplies bread and fish, but the reality is it's a picture of him giving himself to humanity, him multiplying himself to, to the world. And so it's a, it's a special miracle like that. All through the scriptures, Jesus is trying to change his people's mentality from, a, from being fed by a method to being fed by a mindset. And the mindset is that he is the bread of life. After this miracle happens, he gives the bread of life discourse in John chapter six, where he actually says, I am the bread of life. He says, you're following me because you just ate bread, but, but I'm here to tell you, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. And so what he's trying to do, we get stuck on a method of being fed. He wants us to change a mindset of how we're fed. The mindset is that he's our source. No matter what the method is, he's always our source. And so there's this lie that we get that I am not enough or that I don't have enough. I, I just don't have enough. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's easy in our culture to look around and see all of the things that others have and feel like I don't have enough. John 6, one through 13, let's pick up in verse six. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee which is the Sea of Tiberias, then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him for he himself knew what he would do. 
Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. Everybody say a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here with five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks or blessed them, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. They ate as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. The title for today is this, it's just a test. It's just a test. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the anointing on your word. Thank you that uh, you said in your, your word that it goes out, your word goes out and waters the earth and it would never return back to you void, that it would produce what it's meant to produce, that it never changes, but it changes us. So God, I pray that your word would change us today. Jesus, let us see that you're our source today so that we would never live one more moment feeling that we don't have enough, that you are enough today, that we could behold you so we could become more like you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, it's a test. I was uh, coming back from uh, West Virginia with my boys uh, from, a, from a, a little trip uh, on spring break. We took about three or four days together and went up to Snowshoe, West Virginia to do a little quick snowboard trip. Uh, they both snowboard, I ski, I'm, you know, I'm not as cool as that. And so uh, we're coming back and uh, my son, we, we, we leave at like eight in the morning and my son, uh, I say, hey, eat some breakfast because we got a seven hour drive and it's, you know, lunch is gonna be a little bit later. And I say, eat some breakfast. Well, for some reason, he decides to eat uh, Kit Kat bars and, and uh, a few other chocolate cookies uh, that were there in the kitchen. And I said, but boy, you're gonna be hungry. You can't eat on that. It's like, leave me alone, dad, I'm fine. So, okay, fine, we get on the road. We're going about an hour, about two hours. It's about 11.30, he starts getting a little bit hungry. He starts just scanning through his phone, just trying to find Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, trying to, there's not a lot from West Virginia to, to, to Knoxville, okay? I'm just, and, and so at about 11.30, he finds uh, a, a, a Chick-fil-A on one of these exits and tries to start talking me into Chick-fil-A. And I've got some ideas ideas in my mind of where I want to go and how I want to eat and where we want to go to that we can all eat something and and keep it in mind the drive. I, I'm one of those guys that likes to get there, right? It's seven hours. I'm rolling, man. I don't want to take a lot of exit time and stuff. But so we, we, we pull off this exit where he told me there's a Chick-fil-A 1130 and he says, dad, it's right here. And I look up and he says, it's four miles away. I'm like, four miles? He goes, dad, it's only, it's only 3.7 minutes. It's only, or it's only 8.7 minutes. It's only nine minutes to get there. It says, I'm like nine minutes there, nine minutes back. So I go, that's 20 minutes. <laughs> Plus the time you got to eat. I said, we ain't getting off the highway. I, I whipped a U-turn real quick and got back on the highway. And, and, and then all of a sudden, man, his attitude just, he just starts to get, I, hangry starts kicking in. Hanger. And we start driving, I see his face change and he's mad and he's sulking and, and I'm like, and I start calculating, trying to figure out, okay, well, we can pull here and there's a Starbucks here and I can get y'all a little biscuit and it'll hold you over until we get here. And I'm, I'm calculating in my mind, but he's just over there getting angry and sulking, he's mad. He's like, we could have hit that Chipotle an hour and a half ago and he keeps going and it reminded me about the Chipotle. And I'm like, boy, you better, you better realize I can stop, I, I'm in charge of this wheel. I can take you and feed you and sustain you or you can get an attitude and I'll keep driving all the way to Knoxville, sucker, I don't care. 
I'm looking at him and I said, man, it's a test right now. It's just a test right now. Do you want, do you want dad to supply? Do you want dad to sustain? Do you, do you wanna trust me that I'll figure it out and I'll get us something to eat? Or do you, do you wanna sulk and sit in your seat over there? And he began to change his attitude. And we, we got McDonald's for one kid and, and we missed the subway because it was in a gas station. And I don't wanna eat subway in a gas station. And so we went to somewhere else. And, and, and then we finally got to Chick-fil-A at this certain exit and he's thanking me and his whole attitude changed. Here's what, here's what God's saying to us. Do you, do you wanna trust me to sustain you? Do you, do you wanna sit and sulk? Do you wanna believe that you don't have enough? Do you wanna trust me that I've got the whole picture as your father worked out and that you actually do have enough? Do you, will you trust me? Do you know that God has always sustained his people? He's never created anything without a way to sustain it. God has never, I mean, think about it. Adam didn't get in the garden and wake up and be like, man, I'm hungry, what are we gonna do? God's like, I don't know, let's look around. No, no, no. There were trees, there were fruit, it was blossoming, there was food everywhere. God actually created and prepared a system and then placed Adam into the system that he had already prepared. And when Adam was hungry, there was food there to eat. When you trust God as your source, there's actually a system already prepared for you that God places you inside of. And he's got, he's got the sustenance for you. He's gonna sustain you because he created you. And what this should do is it should change fear and frustration into faith. So whatever you think today, like, man, I don't have enough in, let God begin to be your supply. Let me write this down. You don't have a need that God doesn't already have a supply for. There's nothing that you can think of that God hasn't already supplied for. He's got, and, and here's what happens. We get stuck on a method. We get stuck on exit 37 in West Virginia at Chick-fil-A. We get stuck in a method. God's got a thousand methods to feed you. He's got a thousand ways to supply for you. And so often we get nervous or concerned that this one method that we thought was gonna be the way, we missed it. And now we think we're not gonna have enough. It happened all through the scriptures. God's saying, I am your source. So in this story, this is a day in the life of Jesus. He's been ministering to people all day. He's, he's done miracles. He's had the crowds come to him. Diseases are being healed. And the Bible says he begins to pull away because he's tired. Come on, how many have been around a crowd? It kind of can tire you out in a crowd all day. He's ministering, he's pouring out. And then it says this, he notices that the people are hungry. Aren't you glad you serve a God that notices your hunger? that notices your need, that, that even in all of his, his tiredness and everything that he's been through and everything that he's done already and poured out, he looks and he says, oh, wow, I'm paying attention to the need they have. God is paying attention to the things that make you hungry. He's paying attention to the needs you have. He says, look, how are we gonna feed all these people? And, and there's probably about 25 to 35,000 people. It's not just 5,000, that's men. There's men, women, and children. And so many scholars believe it's about 25 to 35,000 people. And he says, how are we gonna feed everybody? And then Philip, he's a local guy, he's from the area. He begins to calculate. He begins to look at the crowd and be like, he starts doing math in his head. You know, uh, uh, uh. And he's thinking, he's like, oh. and then he says, God, I mean, 200 denarii, half a year's wages isn't even enough to give everybody a little. And he's like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what we're gonna do, God. How are we gonna, there's not even enough here. here here's, here's the thing. He asked the wrong question. He, he says this, how is all this gonna feed? How is this little gonna feed all these people? How are we gonna give everybody, here's what he says, how are we gonna give everybody a little? He's asking, how are we gonna do God's work in a small way? How, how are we gonna feed all these people where everybody just gets a little bit? That's not God. 
God is not trying to figure out how to give everybody just enough to get by. Many of you are asking the question, God, how can I survive? How can I just get by one more month? God, how can, how, how can, I, how can I just have enough? How can I just have a little, God? And, and it's got you locked in to this mindset that God just wants to give you just a little, just enough to make it, just enough to get by. That is the wrong question to ask. How can we just get by? How can we just survive? That's not God. The mentality, that mentality locks us in to, to just a little. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. Number one, dream big. Hear me, dream big, start small. Dream big, start small. Philip says, how, how's the 200 denarii? I won't even feed everybody to have just a little. How, how will this do this much amongst so many? We can't, it's not gonna help. Like sometimes we don't dream, we don't, we don't start because we, we dream small and it keeps us small. Dream big, start small. Dream, like God, what can you do? God, what are you, what, what are you gonna do, God? I wanna dream big, God. It says that, that Jesus was actually testing him. He asked this question to test him. Was he testing his math skills? Like, can you figure out like how much it's gonna to take to feed all these people? He was testing his faith. He was testing the fact that he saw him make water to wine a week ago. He was testing the fact that he'd already seen him do miracles. He was testing the fact that Jesus is the bread of life. He was wanting these guys to go, wow, God, we don't know how it's gonna happen, but we know you're the source. Let's get this party started. We saw you turn water to wine and let's go. You're the bread of life. And I think sometimes when we dream small, it keeps us locked in and we just want Jesus just to do enough. And so Jesus says, where are we gonna get enough to feed all these people? Where are we gonna get food? I'm just asking, would you dream big with me to feed the city? Would you dream big with me to reach Knoxville? Would you dream big with me to reach our, our region? Would you dream bigger with me to plant campuses and churches and to see more souls? Would you dream big with me to fill up more services and create more serve teams and more ministry opportunity and more ministry mindset? Would you dream bigger with me? I need you to dream with me. I, I can't, I don't, it's not, it's not just my dream. And I think God is saying, you know what? I wanna test you in some things. I'm asking you to test you. You can write this down. The test of insufficiency, I don't know where you're at today in, in your supply, but the test of insufficiency is designed to define Jesus as your source. Every test that you go through where you feel like you don't have enough, and I just wish I had some more. I just wish there, every single test of insufficiency in your life, Jesus said this to test them. It's designed to define and declare him as your source in your own mindset, in your own heart. Come on, I, I just, I think that if you have a need, God already has it figured out for you. Verse nine, Andrew says, hey, he, I think Andrew's just trying to get out of the situation because it's so awkward. I don't, think, I don't think he really thought they were gonna feed you know, 25,000 people with five loaves and two fish. They're like, hey, hey, uh, Jesus, here's this little dude. Hey, dude, come here, come here, come here. Give me your lunch. Jesus, this is all we got, like five loaves and two fish. Like, what are we gonna do with all this? It's not enough. Okay, we can go home now. And Jesus says, all right. I'll take it, and he takes it. And, and, and Andrew says, what's this amongst so many? Let me just say something to you. When God's in it, you don't need a lot. When God actually gets in it, you don't need a whole lot. You don't, what's, we say, what's all this amongst the, big, the need in the earth? Come on, you turn on the news and you're like, how are we gonna make a difference? 
You can just, all you gotta do is turn on TV at night. Just flip on what's happening in culture. It's easy to get bogged down and get weighed down and be like, God, what's, what am I amongst this, the problems of the world? When God gets involved in your life, you don't need anything else but him. It makes a huge difference when God's on the scene. You, you don't need tons. You don't need a lot when God's in it. I mean, think of when we started this church or took this church over. Come on, Nick. There's the Nico's right there. You were here. Well, we had 60 people in a, in a gymnasium. Nick and Emily were some of the first people here at our church. Several of you were, were here when this church started. In a gymnasium we didn't own, I warmed up preaching in front of a middle school bathroom boys sink, you know, bending down this low because the sink's here. And it was one of those like metal mirrors that you can't even see yourself. I would preach in that thing and, and get ready, put my notes on the sink and they would slip over into the, into the, into the sink, get a little wet every now and then before I had my iPad. And I, and I no building, no money, gave away, we actually gave away, the, gave all the money away. So let's get rid of the money. We don't, you don't need, you know what happened when we gave the money away? People start giving motorcycles and cars and money and, and check and things. And now we, we went to Rocky Hill, had 85, 90 chairs in a little building. Now God put us on a corner. It, it just, you just don't need a lot if you'll trust God in the little that you do have. Y'all with me to that today? You don't need a lot. Verse 10 and 11, it says, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you several more points. So number one, dream big, start small. Dream big, guys. If you feel like you don't have enough, if you feel insufficient, start dreaming bigger. Start dreaming bigger and, and start small. It's okay. Uh, verse 10 through 11, he says this, make the people sit down. Jesus says this. He says, make the people sit down. Right here, he's fulfilling Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What's the next verse? He makes me lie down. Connected to I shall not want. He makes me lie down. He's fulfilling that he's the shepherd. He says, make the people lie down. And then the Bible says that he takes the bread, they sit down, make them sit down. He takes the bread, he blesses it, he breaks it, he puts it in the disciples' hands and the disciples distribute it to the masses. Two things you have to see. Number one, he makes them sit down. Number two, the disciples distribute it. Number two, write this down. Posture determines provision. Posture determines provision. He makes the people sit down. And there's this interesting little verse that says this, and those that were sitting ate. It says the disciples, you can go back and read it and, and, and test me. In it. it says the disciples fed those that were sitting. Posture determines provision. My in-laws have this dog named Cinnamon. I can't stand this dog. They, they adopted this dog about a year ago. This dog's insane. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's got the same level of energy. It's like, it's a, it's a mix of something. I don't know what. It's named Cinnamon. My daughter loves it. But it's like, it's like 50 pounds of solid muscle. It's lean. It's fast. And it's, it's not very big, but it's just, it's solid. And it's, it's like, it acts like it's five years. It acts like it's two years old. It, it's getting older, but its energy isn't diminishing at all. It's like getting hype, more hyper and more hyper. It run, it just... When we pull up to the driveway, it comes, it runs, just bust into the side, into the door, into the door. I'm driving. I'm like, get off my car. Jumps in, puts its claws on the door. If you get out of the car, it's knocked my 80-year-old mother-in-law down two times from behind. We've told him, listen, get rid of the dog. It's actually dangerous. You go to pet the dog. The dog runs up and it's just full speed ahead. Runs up, will about clip your legs out from under you. And so the whole time, I'm trying to, I'm trying to love the dog. I want to love the dog. I'm like, come here, come here, cinnamon, stop. And, and, and so she runs up to me. I just, I put my leg up. 
up to guard myself. I kick her in the face to calm her down. I do. It doesn't hurt her. If you're going to knock me down, I'm going to kick you down. You know, I'm, I'm just, I, I just protect myself. And, and, and then finally, when she'll, she'll, treat, she'll actually, she's just, uh, 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 and she'll come. My daughter loves her. I'm like, she wants to take that dog home. I'm like, that dog will never step foot on my property. It, co- <laughs> it, comes, it comes by me. And the minute I begin to try to pet her, I, I start, I, you have to grab her and hold her face. I'm, a, I'm holding her. And she's like, uh, uh, and I'm like, I'm trying to love you. Just stop. I want to pet you. And the minute she tricks you to think that you're gonna, she's going to receive some love, she just pew, takes off running again and comes and tries to knock you down again. I'm like, this is insane. I can't, I can't love her. I can't, I can't pour any affection into her. Some of you, God's going, would you just sit down? Would you, I just want to love you. I just want to pour into you. I just want to give you a provision. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're chasing, you're chasing everything. You're chasing money, you're chasing careers, you're chasing sex, you're chasing influence, you're chasing identity, you're chasing popularity, you're chasing, the problem is if you're chasing it, it's running. And if you, if you catch it, you too winded to work it. That'll preach right there. And if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. I think God's saying, I need you to sit down. Because posture determines provision. And I want to pour into you. And I don't need you to chase it. I I need you to sit down and let me pour in. I need you to sit down and let me provide. I I would much rather him pour in and much rather him provide. And much rather him be my provision than me chase it down and try to grab it and, and work it myself. Y'all follow me today? I I think that we've got to sit down. And then the next thing, the bread multiplies in the disciples' hands, not in Jesus' hands. The bread doesn't multiply in Jesus' hands. Number number three, heaven works with your hands. I got so much more to give to you today. The worship team sang too long. (laughs) I'm kidding. They were probably on time. I say that every week. He's like, Pastor, you had the clock. It was on time. They didn't take your time. I'm like, thank you. Forgive me in Jesus' name. Heaven works with your hands. I, I think the miracle's in your hands. We want Jesus to do the miracle. Jesus took the bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to the disciples, and the disciples gave it away, and it multiplied. It multiplied in the disciples' hands. The miracle multiplies in your hands. The, what, what, what do you have in your hand? What, what is God putting in your hand? Jesus, when he took it, listen, he took it, it, it doesn't matter how small it is. The little boy comes up with her lunch. I love this about Jesus. He comes up with his lunch. He brings the fish and the loaves, and then Jesus, it says, he took it. Some must be like, man, dang, Jesus. Take the little boy's launchable. But he took it. Hear me. He'll take and use whatever you're willing to give him. And, and what you have is not too small. What you have is not insignificant. Many times you're, you're telling God what you don't have. You're looking at all the things that you do not have. And God's saying, what do you have? Look what I've put into your hand. I want to use what I've put into your hand. He'll bless it. So he blesses your life, not just for you. And then what happens? The next thing he does, this is tough. He breaks it. Brokenness always precedes your purpose. 
Brokenness always precedes God's purpose in your life. Jesus takes it, blesses it, and then he breaks it. And then what what does he do? He gives it to the disciples. Here's what happens. Many of you think that this subtraction, when God breaks something and gives it away, you think he's subtracting. He's actually multiplying. And we like to hold on and maintain when God wants to multiply. We don't like the brokenness and we actually don't like the being given away. And so he gives it away, he breaks it. Think about it, he breaks the piece of bread and gives it. It looks like subtraction, but as he breaks it, the disciples take it and they begin to multiply it and it breaks. Every time it breaks, it's multiplied. It breaks and it's multiplied, it breaks and it's multiplied. You feel like you're going through a breaking or a problem in your life. Like, God, I just feel like I'm breaking. God's saying, I'm multiplying you, I'm multiplying you, I'm multiplying you, if you'll actually give it away. If you'll give it away. I, I, I offer my kids dessert when we go out to eat all the time and I'll buy dessert for them. And I, I test them. I go, hey, give me a little bite. Give me a little bite. They give me the stingiest little crumb you've ever seen in your life. I, I can't even see that. And I'm testing them. I'm like, man, I'm, and I'll tell them. I'll say it right to their face. I'm like, if you'll give me a bite, man, I can buy every dessert on this menu. I'll get you so much and they, don't, they won't take it. They would rather have what's in front of them than it being blessed and broken and given. And so often we live there like that. And what happens is we maintain, we maintain, we maintain. And God's saying, you can maintain or you can multiply, but you can't do both. And I wanna multiply you. I wanna give it away. Come on, I got $20. Who needs $20? Who needs $20? Come on, I don't know who needs it. Who needs $20? I ain't gonna bring it to you. <laughs> Come on, Tim. Hey, hey, who else, who else needs $20? Come on. The reason it comes to you, the reason it comes to you, come on, leave your hand up. Who else needs $20? There's a hand right back in there. Come on, who needs $20? Leave it up, leave it up. The reason it comes to you, Tim, is so it, so it can flow through you. The only reason it comes to you is so it can flow through you. Who needs $20? Anybody else? Come on, but don't be shy. Who needs $20 in here? There's a girl right there, Tim. She says she needs $20. See her right there in the white sweatshirt. The reason it comes to you is so it can flow through you. And here's $100, Tim. You, you, you can maintain or you can multiply. And so often we find ourselves maintaining and gripping and holding tight and it never can flow through us. God gets it to you so it can flow through you. And if you feel like you don't have enough, we'll begin to let God bless it and break it and give it. It multiplies in your hand. Come on, I think we have so much in our hands. I think the greatest miracles happen in our hands. I think there's significance in your hands. You might not think it's enough, but man, if you'll just start to give that away a little bit. We were in Cuba several years ago on a mission trip. Some of you heard the story, but this little girl, we were giving away candy. And I played this game called the Grace Bucket. We invented games and I took this bucket and I filled it with candy and I had these lines where the kids would try to throw a piece of candy and if they got it in the bucket that I was holding, then they got everything that was in the bucket. And so if you went further back, there was more in the bucket. If you went you know, real close, you didn't get as much. And so the further you went, the more prize you got. And so we were playing and all the boys are playing and everybody's playing these games. There's this one little girl there that had this deformity on her chin. She was this beautiful girl, but had this, had this uh, uh, angioma, I think on her chin that was kind of growing off of her chin. And she was so self-conscious and so down and so in disgrace by it and she would actually cover it and the whole time we're there she's covering it with one hand and she's looking down at her 
Her eyes are downcast and she has no life in her and she's just kind of, no, no friends around her, really just on her own. And I, I called her over. I was like, do you want to play the grace bucket game? We had an interpreter and she's like, yeah. And she backs up about halfway and I've got the bucket and she's, she's missing it and she's missing it. And I actually take the bucket and I fill the bucket with everything that I can fill it in. And she, she, she can't hit the bucket one time. I bring the bucket to her and I get right in front of her and she just drops a piece of candy in it and I just like, whoa, and I just dump all the candy I can in her bucket and she just, she's holding her face and she just lights up. She just sees all that just was filled in her bucket and you know the first thing she did? It blew my mind. The first thing that she did was she began to look around and find all the other kids. Her hand comes down, her eyes lit up, this joy came into her life and she began to run and pour out the, the, the candy and the grace that she had received to all all the other little kids in the area. All of a sudden, she's got kids around her, life around her, energy around her. In that moment, what was multiplied wasn't material. Yes, she got material. It was multiplied in her bucket. But what was multiplied was power and, and, and uprightness and purpose and friendship and just, oh, it was just such an amazing change in her life. If you don't feel like you have enough, begin to give away the grace that God has put in your bucket. Begin to to get your eyes off of your in, insecurities and the things you feel might be deformities in your life. Come on, we all have them. God, how can I give? How can I give away? How can I multiply? I think that we give what's in our hand and God will begin to pour back into us. I got a couple minutes left with you. Is this helping you today? I think, I think, I get, I get fired up with the word of God. So I, I, thanks for uh, sticking around. You can maintain or you can multiply. And it really is, determines what's, what's in your hand, what you're doing, what's in your hand. The last thought, I love this. It says he distributed those sitting down. Some of you need to sit down. Some of you need to decide to make a long-term commitment. Quit jumping from place to place to place to place to job to job to job to church to church to, to relationship to relationship to relationship from, and sit down. The Lord makes me sit down. I shall not want. I promise you, if you'll sit down, more will come into your life. It says, and those that sat down, they ate as much as they wanted as much as they want to. Number four, when God is your source, supply is never scarce. I don't have enough, Jamie. It's not true. They ate as much as they wanted. Let me say this to you. If you're not full, it's your fault. Can I love you in church? If I'm not full, it's my fault. And they ate as much as they wanted. You ever gone to dinner with those people that you don't know yet and you're kind of uncomfortable, you're just getting to know, come on, it might be new in-laws, it might be the girl or guy you're dating's family, it might be their friends, it might be the first date, come on, you're a little bit more reserved. I know some of you just go all out cheeseburger, barbecue sauce on your face, first date, but I don't do that. I got my polite pinky up. I'm acting like I'm not a caveman. And I'm a little bit more reserved. And then you go home and you're starving still because you were all nice at dinner and you have to eat something else and you go to the, the second meal. Come on, anybody. And then you get around your friends and your family and you're like, man, give me seconds, give me thirds, unbutton the pants, go to the bathroom, bring on some more, somebody. 
because you're comfortable. It's because you're around family. Come on, God's saying we're family. God's saying, if I'm your source, there's nothing scarce in your life. Come on, you can eat as much as you want. You ever been to a buffet? It's one price, all you can. You show up at a buffet with me and say, I'm gonna have a salad. I'm not your friend anymore. I have a salad. No, you won't. I paid one price, all you can eat. Jesus paid one price on the cross, all you can eat. He's looking for some people that are hungry for forgiveness and holiness and living and giving and serving. Can I find some hungry people? I'm gonna flip the script right now. I don't have enough. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. It says that they had 12 baskets, baskets left over. You need to look at three people and say, I need a to-go box, somebody. Come on, look at, th- look at some people. I need a to-go box. You got, you got plenty. They had, they had so much left over. When God supplies, you can't contain it all. The Bible says, I pray this over my kids every night. I'm a, I'm a minute over, listen to me. Every night I pray this over my kids. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. You can get rich a lot of ways, but sorrow comes with a lot of ways. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. Come on, there's a to-go box. There's a to-go box Jesus gives the disciples. He says, every one of them got a box. I I want you to leave here today with a new mindset that I have enough, that I've got everything I need, that God has already supplied every need I can ever imagine. I just gotta sit down a little bit. I gotta dream a little bit bigger. I gotta start with what I've got. I've got to give away what I got because God will multiply it back to me. And I believe that I will not walk in scarcity. I've got a mindset of blessing because God has poured grace into my life and I'm here to give it away to others. Let me pray with you today. We don't want to maintain God. We want to multiply. Lord, I, I, just, I just right now, you just led me to, to come against the lie today that I don't have enough. And anyone that's sitting in this room, Lord, that has heard that in their, in their mind from the enemy or heard that in their heart, or maybe even experienced scarcity. Lord, even, if we, even when we experience scarcity, we would not have a scarce mindset. We wouldn't have a, a mindset of fear or frustration that we have enough, that Jesus, that you are our source and you are enough. That we will not leave here hungry that we can eat as much as we want. If you're in this place and you've kind of just been maintaining and you say, you know what, I'm ready to multiply. Maybe one of these thoughts or points applied to you. If you're just saying, you know what, pastor, one of those hit me and I need to multiply. Would you just put your hand up to me? I'm not gonna maintain any longer. I'm ready to multiply some things. Come on, hands across the room. The the scary thing is easy to raise the hand on multiplication, but when you hear the, the points that it takes to get there, sitting down, using what's in your own hand, dreaming bigger. Sometimes those things keep us from actually believing for multiplication or walking in the obedience it takes to see things multiplied into our life. God, we're saying today, we open up our hand. We give you all of our love. We give you all of our heart. We will not maintain. And every single time you call us to multiply, things are broken. But I thank you that you bless it before you ever break it. And I thank you that you give it and you multiply it through our hands. I pray for individuals today that they would leave here with a to-go box and they would never, ever, ever in their mind again think they don't have enough in any area of their life because you are enough. Just for another second, if you're here and you'd say, you know what, I've been chasing my own life. I've been chasing my own success. I've been chasing things and I'm worn out. The reality is you can chase everything, but if you don't get Jesus, you have nothing. And maybe today is the day for you to surrender the leadership of your life to Jesus, that he's your Lord and he's your leader. No longer do you have to chase things. Now you can just follow him. Some of you are tired from running and you're ready to say, you know what? I'm gonna follow you, Jesus. 
what good is it to chase the world and gain it, but lose your soul? The Bible says that there was a man named Jesus who was God and man, went to a cross, chased down death, chased down the devil, chased down hell, defeated all of it, hung on a cross, took all of your shame, all your sin, all your mistakes, all of the things that we try to live up to and live through, took all that, nailed it to a tree, and then rose from the dead supernaturally. And if we would believe in him, he'd give us a brand new heart, not fix us up, give us a brand new life and the power of God on the inside of us so we don't have to chase and lead our own life. It says it this way in the Bible, if you would make Jesus your leader and your Lord, you get a fresh start in God. If you're here this morning, I wanna pray for you. If you need a fresh start in God and you're ready to follow Jesus as your leader and Lord, maybe you did that in the past, but you're not doing it now and today's your day. Or maybe you never have made him your Lord, today's your day. No one looking around, not gonna embarrass you or stand you up. But if that's you, if you say, pastor, pray for me, I'm ready to follow Jesus. I'm tired of chasing things. I'm ready to follow him. Would you put your hand up to me this morning? Come on, I'm ready for a fresh start in God. Anybody in here? Let me pray for you. Awesome. Anybody else, just for a second, just put it up so I can pray for you. Hold it up high. Awesome. Come on, church, let's pray together. If you're online and you need a fresh start, if you've been chasing and you're ready to follow Jesus, come on, just type fresh start in the online chat right there. We'd love to pray with you and put a free resource in your hand. Just pray with me, church. Come on, online, pray with me. No magic in the words. We're just gonna declare a prayer of surrender. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you did it all, that you are our source, that you are God and that you're enough. I surrender my life to you today. I'm not gonna chase things anymore. I'm gonna follow you today. Be my leader, be my Lord. I believe that you're God. I believe you removed all my sin, all my shame, all my guilt. You did all the work. You put it on the cross and you rose from the dead. I believe it. Put your power, put your life inside of me today. Give me a brand new heart and I will serve you with it the rest of my life in Jesus' name mighty name. Come on, give God praise this morning, guys. Love you so much. He is enough.